Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, 72 degrees in the capital city at 609. Breezy conditions today. Still hazy because of those fires out west and uh may even see may um, it's gonna it's gonna have to stay intact for a while but may even see some rain in the late night to overnight hours today they're getting it out in western nebraska right now uh really good thursday show for you today looking forward to it uh fantasy huskers get some keywords at 635 and 810 maybe get yourself a draft pick be listening for those at those times uh, another chance to win today we are giving away Tickets to see Nebraska and Oklahoma, the rivalry renewed at Memorial Stadium. If you want to be there, you've got your chance with Ticket Thursday. Generation Collaboration Season 3 is underway, and the Boomers had a big showing of participation last week. Not necessarily one in terms of success. Boomers are 2-5, and five. Gen X is 1-2, and two, and Caleb and the Millennials are 1-0. and oh. Gen Z still too scared to play. Uh-oh. And so we'll be uh, playing that for tickets. And then we've got some, if you want to keep playing, we've got Greenfields gift cards giveaway after that. And you can represent your generation that way. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today with your morning drive. Uh, we're going to have to grow Lincoln team in to talk new restaurants, retail businesses in the capital city at 810. And then Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, at 835 to get us ready for Nebraska and Oklahoma. So that's what we've got on the menu today. And folks, we've got a mayoral candidate. At least one of them right now who is going to jump in the fold for the next election of Lincoln's mayor. That announcement made yesterday by State Senator Suzanne Geist. As you heard yesterday on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, that would be coming. It did, in fact, happen yesterday with political colleagues surrounding her uh, from the legislature, the state, and beyond. And she did make the announcement that she is going to be running for mayor. Presumably, now I, I, I do say this, presumably against Leary and Gaylor Baird, although... She hasn't actually said yet that she's running for another term, so I think that's kind of the assumption, but I don't know if we should assume or not when it comes to that. But nonetheless, at least one candidate there, and I will say this, uh, you you have had the Republican Party in lots of elections past, in specifically this race, in the mayoral race, I don't think uh, they, they've not done a great job in picking an electable candidate. Um, it, they just haven't. There have been stronger candidates that sat out than the ones who ran. If you want to get into the nitty gritty, we can debate why I feel that way about the last three, I would say, probably way back to when when probably the last time that that they uh, had a, a real chance of electability with their candidate was when Ken Svoboda faced Chris Beitler. I think that streak, though, ends with Suzanne Geist. I think a much more serious candidate uh, for for this office. Uh, I think she's got a resume of not only success in running for legislature in District 25 with victories uh, repeatedly in that district, but obviously a 
pretty long history now of legislative service. She'll have to, uh, by the way, if she wins, she would have to give up that legislative seat that she's still in the middle of. And she's uh, will be going appointed. into her seventh year in the legislature. Yeah. Uh, of course, then we'll be term limited out. Right. But there'll be a little bit of her term left over there yes. at, the, yep. at the end of that thing. And I'm not saying anything, but I live in that district. Okay. I'm two blocks out of it. You you hear me? Yeah. Pillin' and blood? Just keep it in the back of your mind, all right? <laughs> I'm 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 definitely a like cuz that's the one that's that's the one job I would kind of like to do in politics just to just to well, kind of see what it's to, like. And if and it's I a partial like, term, you wouldn't have to campaign plus for Plus, I want to go into the legislature and tell them every time they vote against something, I'm like, you know this is coming up on a ballot initiative here in a few weeks. <laughs> so are you going so to- maybe we ought to do something. That's going to be my Literally, platform. You just, you just keep jumping Play. in the queue for every single vote. It's going on a ballot initiative. Maybe we ought to actually do something and control it. Instead Sounds of like you're following initiative. in some other former senator's footsteps of commenting on everything. <laughs> How, who's that? Well, your Lincoln's Ernie Chambers. Oh God, I don't. I don't think that was real. Okay, you're already hurting my campaign. You're already. That is not an a campaign approved slogan, by the way. That is unofficial. We're How's not your creative writing? Uh, I think pretty good. I can't do poetry as well, though. Yeah, not uh, but, many. But can. I can rhyme. I can freestyle. So you know, it'd be a little bit different. Well, here's my '90s rap version of what we have going on in the legislature today. um yeah so yeah but but i get one of the aides to drop a funky beat in that'd be helpful (laughs) Uh, in all seriousness though i do think you know what did uh uh, leary and gaylor bear baird beat cindy lamb i want to say this is off memory so don't hold me to it if i'm wrong but i think 56 she got 56 percent uh to lamb's 44 right i think that's in the neighborhood so you've got to make up some ground uh, from from that election, a decent amount of ground for that election. Um, I think that that starts with a good candidate. Um, fifty four point five. Fifty four. Okay, fifty four to forty six. One by not, just under six thousand votes. All right. So you got to make a little ground there, and we'll see. Um, and then what the impact of how people are feeling about the uh, assuming. Uh, Leary and Gaylor Baird runs, then, you know, how people Indications are, are this. But let's be honest, Lincoln's <laughs> Lincoln's been a uh, a blue island here in Nebraska for quite some time. And you wonder, it, you know, if uh, what it's going to take for somebody in red to have success here um, and if uh, if this will be enough. I do. Th- I mean, there's going to be people who don't like hearing this. I, and I'm sorry, but this is just political reality in Lincoln. And I talk about the political reality in the state all the time. Um, and what you like and, and what you don't like. But you're going to have to have, a, the Republicans are going to have to have a mayoral candidate that reaches out to a wide spectrum of voters and not just uh, kind of the, you know, the the, the Republican base, the, um, the the strongest parts of the Republican base. I mean, I guess yeah. I'll say the Trump base, 
right? You're going right. to have to go beyond that to win in Lincoln. I do feel that way. And and Suzanne Geist was called out right away. We talked about this on the show by the Nebraska Freedom Coalition. They followed me on Twitter yesterday. They must be uh, won a lot of Nebraska football takes over the next few days. But <laughs> it's going to be a so if they were expecting they were expecting all my political commentary there. They're going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, we followed this guy because they broke some news, and now it's nothing but Nebraska and it's Oklahoma all, it's tweets. It's just all caps tweets. Fifty of them during the game on Saturday. Yeah. In, enjoy that but you know she why got some, is he tweeting about kansas at houston she got, she got some blowback from the freedom coalition for uh her lack of voting on the constitutional carry issue and for you know some of the uh, the, the the rhetoric and the actions during the whole ricketts herbster uh, feud uh, allegations of sexual assault those sorts of things and coming out as part of that victims fund uh, i'll be honest if you want to win this election, I wouldn't let the Nebraska Freedom Coalition pick your candidate. No, they, they've... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's all... You, they've, they've I'm had, not saying they're wrong about, uh, you know, anything. I'm not making a comment about that. I'm saying if you want to win the election, I, I would not be going with what... In Lincoln, Nebraska, I would not necessarily be, you know, jumping headlong into what they think is best in terms of the candidate. Yeah, they're they're statewide, and and uh, you know they had some challenges with their uh, event here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some people backed out uh, from speaking, and and uh, so they're there. Uh, that's really, I, I think, what you can say is a lot of that Trump uh, Herbster uh, mm-hmm. group that uh, you know is upset about the election, obviously. But uh, want to continue to, yeah, I just, yeah. I don't think that's the key to to winning in Lincoln. And, right. and as for that constitutional carry thing, I mean, she she's talked about that. She basically said she didn't she didn't vote because there was an amendment that was supported uh, by Lincoln and Omaha law enforcement that did not make its way into the bill, and she said she would not support it unless the what law enforcement was recommending for it yep. was was put into it and so she didn't which created i think a limited gun registry essentially was was what that was it didn't find its way into the bill so she didn't vote for it um and you know so she's had uh, uh you know a lot of her uh work in the legislature she's uh been very involved in corrections which yes. of course is and in uh, and judiciary and judiciary yeah. and and as a result I know she's worked uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, very closely with law enforcement, uh, public safety people because of, of just the interrelationships in, in those. And and that was one of her uh, comments yesterday. She wanted to be pro public safety. She mentioned uh, police, EMS, fire, sheriff, um, the whole thing. And, and the other one, I kind of chuckled a little bit, said, and smooth streets. Look <laughs> at <laughs> that. I mean, Let's. That does more in a mayor's race than uh, you know right. than than culture wars. Right. And, for, and, for I mean, in term, it might fire up a small group of people more, but that fires up a whole lot more people to vote for you than than all that other and, stuff. And she's really reaching out to the um, small business community. She had the event at a small business, locally owned small mm-hmm. business restaurant, Momo, and and as a result, uh, you know that's that's a first step in a business community that has um, had some challenges with the Geller-Baird administration since she was elected pre-pandemic. And we all know what uh, what happened there. So there, there's uh, a lot of memories, and she's going to be uh, going to have to build 
some relationships in there and, yep. and pledge to do that. So there you go. That'll be fascinating to follow up more on that in the morning drive. And we, yeah, we may have it. Uh, now, uh, the interesting question is, will someone else, you know, given what, for instance, uh, the Freedom Coalition is saying, will you have another candidate? Will she have a, a challenger? Uh, and I guess it's a different sort of primary than we're used to at the, the city primary level. It's not necessarily, I don't believe, I could I could be wrong on this, but um, you'll have the primary coming up early next year that that would happen, and then the general comes after that and, and see you advance. So we'll see if she's got somebody else who ends up. There is one more name that, that, that has uh, has surfaced. I do not know the individual. Uh, that that could possibly uh, and would most likely run as a conservative, uh, although some are saying that he would probably run as an independent if now that uh, Senator Geist is, is in, that is uh, that Stan Parker? Stan Parker, yeah, uh, Stan Parker, former Husker football player, uh, offensive lineman from uh, back in uh, in the day, um, and yeah, he he's he had been making some noise about potentially running for about a month, maybe a little bit longer than that. And so we'll see what his plans are now that Suzanne Geist has officially thrown her hat in the ring as well. Flanked yesterday by, I saw uh, Mike Hilgers was Mike Hilgers there. Mike Hilgers uh, Pat Julie Condon Slama was there. Was there. Uh, Pat yeah. Condon was there. Pat Julie Condon. Slama. Um, Doug Peterson, Attorney yep. General. Uh, let's see who else was there. There was uh, several. So that's what you got. City elections in 2023, April 4th, the primary, May 2nd, the general. All right. Yep. There you yeah, go. They're very so close. Very close. Very and then they take together. office in June, right? But what I was, what I was, and, and I'm sort of embarrassed that I don't remember how this works. I really should, but like in the city council races, it's just like the top two go on. It's not necessary necessarily a party primary, Correct. right? Right. So I think that's probably how how you so splitting votes would be a concern potentially if if all of yeah. the all of them go to the same pool of all of the candidates for that primary. Uh, all right, we got that, and uh, the rail strike looks like it's over, Mark. They it, did it. It is. Uh, they came to an agreement, I guess, after about a 23-hour uh, marathon negotiation schedule. Uh, details not out yet, but... Uh, 2.30-ish, they, they, uh, they figured it up, Eastern time, that yep. is. So, you know, less than 24 hours from uh, when the strike was scheduled. So. Hey, that's great news. Yes. Absolutely great news for uh, the entire economy. It was funny. I was driving out. I had to go into Hickman last night. I was driving out on, on 70th Street, which, by the way, forgetting that 70th Street was closed over there by the new high school. But nonetheless, driving out on 70th Street, and I get past uh, Yankee Hill, and, and lo and behold, I get there, and I see a bunch of cars lined up, and I'm like, what is going on here? And I look about, I swear, like, a third of the mile in the distance and they're all lined up because there is a slow moving train on the tracks <laughs> up there in that area and i'm like you gotta be kidding me two days before the strike <laughs> and and we do still have the trains running at this point and i just happened to be uh behind that one but i'm really glad to see that they they uh, got that figured out last night and uh, that strike won't happen, it sounds like, on Friday, which is a huge, big, significant thing, um, which we talked about really extensively yesterday. Uh, so there you go. And uh, we now have two days till kickoff, till Mickey Joseph's debut as yeah. uh, the interim head coach. <laughs> and uh, no way to step in like, into it like uh, taking on Oklahoma with that first game. <laughs> right. Did it's you, crazy uh, now that you think about it. Yeah. Hype video yesterday. Uh, the one with Mickey coaching? Yeah. Yeah, that was we, interesting we got, we to kind of see him on the team. We got a Mickey team. hype video. Yeah. 
Yep. We uh, we're going. Oh, and you know what you didn't see? No black shirts. Oh, I didn't notice that. No black shirts. Uh, look at you looking at the details. Well, little, little journalistic eye on it. That's interesting. And it didn't take long. I thought maybe this would be completely wiped out because of the Scott Frost story. The Mickey Joseph kind of sucked all the air out of the room. Uh-huh. But it didn't take long. Yesterday, we started to get our uh, Nebraska sports media waxing poetic revisionist history about just how in love these two programs are. Yeah, And it is my pet peeve. Uh, and I'll probably go off on this tomorrow a little bit more during Friday Husker Good. Tailgate. But I grew up in the throes of this area. It was the later portion of this rivalry, not the 70s portion, but the 80s portion. And I'll tell you what, you want to generalize about what the fan base thinks and the the respect and the love between Nebraska and Oklahoma, I'd like you to come up and tell nine-year-old me in 1986 about the respect and love I must have had for Oklahoma at the time. Why? That's why that was our fantasy Huskers keyword earlier this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, I about fell out of my chair when I read one of the articles I'll tell you about is a little that, bit later. Is that the uh, tweet that you sent out that had that four-letter word that starts with a P? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said I puked 15 to 20 times when I read this. <laughs> All right, 625. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers, keyword time. This is your key to get into the draft. And if you text us the keyword, you are going to be in a pool of listeners, one of whom is selected to make the draft pick for Fantasy Huskers for this first pick of the day on Thursday, September 15th, 2022. And uh, if you do get a draft pick, you'll be picking how many points Oklahoma scores against Nebraska. And if you're the closest, you win our prize package from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. 50 bucks to each of them. Your keyword to text in to the Rickstown Recognition hotline at 402-479-1400 is... Jack, if I give you a dollar, you can keep most of the change because all I really want is a quarterback. Qu- quarterback. Q U A R T E R B A C K. Quarterback. Text that in, and you will uh, be one of the people in the pool that we'll be selecting from to make this pick. And if you don't win, try again at 810. Try tomorrow at 635 and 810. Still plenty of time to get in. What is our range of picks right now? Right now, our low is Natalie with 38 and Matt with 55. And both of those were our Monday pickers. Okay. And then everything else has fallen right between there. Natalie and Matt since then. All right. So uh, text in right now if you want to try and get that pick. We'll text you back if you are our randomly selected picker. And uh, try again at 810. Uh, All right. It is time for this sound off. 
don't know why I said that. Like, boy, this sound off. Yeah, this sound off. You are sent eh? Uh, <laughs> let's start with the uh, the rail deal. The strike is not happening. Last night, in the middle of the night, in Washington D.C., the two sides that were negotiating uh, about the conditions, the working conditions for engineers and conductors, came to an agreement, and so the strike is not happening. Everyone is rejoicing. The White House is celebrating a tentative deal to avoid a major rail strike that threatened to crush the U.S. supply chain and more, quite frankly. A statement from the president reads in part, the tentative agreement reached tonight is an important win for our economy and the American people. It is a win for for tens of thousands of rail workers who worked tirelessly through the pandemic to ensure that America's families and communities got deliveries of what have kept us going during these difficult years. These rail workers will get better pay, improve working conditions, and peace of mind around health care costs. I just, man, it would have been, had they not gotten to that deal, it not only obviously would have had some real impacts on the economy. Uh, But can you imagine how, if it was a protracted strike, just how much that would have bled into sort of the midterms conversation as well and into politics and discussion about whether or not uh, the, the federal government should be intervening in some way via Congress or otherwise, and it would have just had a incredibly significant impact all the way across the board on all of those things. And I know they were getting ready with backup plans for doing whatever kind of transport that didn't involve rail that they could trucking and and other methods to do that and so it looks like that won't have to happen um and amtrak uh i don't know if we got any listeners who are planning on taking amtrak but uh they are working on getting their schedule back together they had canceled a lot of those so they're uh, contacting customers and working on getting their schedule back together sometimes i i need to i never think of that until like once a year we talk about it for some reason anybody ever done one of those like train trips out of lincoln uh, out of that Omaha, uh, or out of out of Olympia, I, t- I Omaha. took a train from Illinois here to did Nebraska. You? Yeah, how how was it? It was, was it, all right. Was it affordable? Yeah, was it a good good price? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was. I mean, it was about a decade ago. Okay, I always I always forget that you can go that you can that that's a that's a mode of an alternate mode of transportation that I often don't. Think I remember. Of, so. so I took the I am tracked my way from where I was in Edwardsville, Illinois all the way here to Lincoln, and then I had someone pick me up in Lincoln. Um, but I had to take a train from, uh, I can't even remember the city, but it was, still would have been on the east side of the river across from St. Louis up to Springfield, and then like had to take a van like 20 miles away okay. and then get onto another Amtrak that then looped all the way around over here. I mean, like, look at all these places you can you can go here. They have all these different lines that you can hook up with. The the uh, Adirondack goes to Montreal, Westport, Albany, New York City. Uh, the uh, Berkshire Flyer, uh, New York, Poughkeepsie. That's all in New York. Uh, Capital Corridor is in the West. Sacramento, Oakland, San Jose, the California Zephyr. That's one comes through here. Chicago, Omaha, Denver, Salt Lake City. Uh, Emeryville, which is San Francisco or near San Francisco as well. I don't, I don't know. That's that's the experience I'd like to have. It's, it may not be great. It, maybe it's not. Maybe the reason you don't hear about it that much is that people are. No, it it was all right. It's just if you're if you're looking at speed of getting from one spot to another, 
you could probably drive there just fine. Yeah, in, in, but, in, in a in a route that's not going to take you around where you could drive. Yeah, yeah, and you can like sleep and stuff when yeah, you're. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. Like I I didn't have an issue with it. Yeah, I'm ju- I'm just looking up if I were like let's say next weekend I was wanting to go to Chicago. Uh, let's see from Lincoln. Uh, depart three twenty six a.m. on Saturday mm-hmm. and get to Chicago at two fifty p.m. on Saturday afternoon. That's how I would actually do it. So. Is that how we're gonna send uh, Matt back when whenever he has to go home? Yeah, I don't know. That, just, uh, just pop him on a pop him on a name track. Stops in Omaha, Creston, Osceola, Ottumwa, Mount Pleasant, Burlington, Galesburg, Princeton, Illinois, Naperville, and then Union Station in Chicago to finish mm-hmm. the whole thing up. All right, uh, let's see. What other things do we have going on? Uh, okay, did you did you hear this story out of Iowa where uh, this teenage girl um, was defending herself against uh, someone, a, a would-be sexual assailant? Oh, yeah, I heard this. And the the state law basically says even, you know, you, you've got to essentially pay... Um, the estate of the person that you killed in any situation where you took the life of of someone, um, if there's any sort of um, uh, criminal liability associated with it, you've got to pay them. And there are a lot of people saying, okay, this is wrong. And now there are people who are saying, look, I'd like to stand in and and pay some of the money so this girl doesn't have to. 17-year-old Piper Lewis pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter for the stabbing death of Zachary Brooks, a 37-year-old who she says repeatedly raped her when she was just 17. She received five years probation. However, Iowa law also states that any person convicted of taking another person's life must pay the victim's estate at least $150,000. Details of the case have gone viral. Many are outraged that a teen would be ordered to pay tens of thousands of dollars to the family of her accused rapist. They're pitching in, donating cash to help Lewis not only pay the fine, but also provide for her future. Tom Graham, Fox News. That seems like that that law seems like a slippery slope in that my my family's not doing great, so I'm gonna go I can go put myself into a situation where Somebody takes my life, and then my family's going to get money out. Of it. Yeah. So the Iowa. So, so she did plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter, although it is not a uh, a particularly extensive sentence. It's a deferred judgment, so it's going to be expunged from her record. She goes on probation as well. But part of it under the under the law is that one hundred fifty thousand dollars in restitution when there's a conviction related to someone taking someone else's life um she was 15 years at the time it was a 37 year old man she says she was a victim of human trafficking said that uh the man that she killed raped her several times before she killed him well i have an update even since this they have now uh now raised over two hundred forty thousand dollars Two hundred forty thousand dollars on that, so that is covered. That hundred fifty thousand dollars plus more on this, and so right. yeah. But that's still a lot of that's still going to go to that guy's family, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the judge has his hands tied or her hands tied. I guess I don't know uh, on on this. The only way that this gets changed is that the legislature changes that law. Or I guess the governor could maybe commute that portion of the the sentencing that that probably could happen as well but yeah it's it's essentially the uh the law there so 
um, yeah, there's, um, but there's no legal impediment necessarily to, to her using that money to do that. Uh, all right. This, uh, oh, my goodness, speaking of things that happen in court, I don't know if you saw any of the footage um, in, in Parkland there um, going through the criminal trial, the, the sentencing of Nicholas Cruz, who was mm-hmm. uh, the student who uh, was perpetrated the mass shooting in Parkland, and apparently his defense team is uh, really drawing the ire of the judge in that case. Mm. They, they, they essentially, I mean, uh, long story short on this thing is they basically had a list of 80 witnesses and did not reveal to the judge or to the state that they were not going to call about half of them and unexpectedly close their case uh at at the trial and the judge did not like it at all nicholas cruz's defense team announced today it has rested its case far short of finishing their witness list it caught prosecutors and judge elizabeth shearer who reacted angrily off guard i have never experienced a level of unprofessionalism in my career lead defense attorney melissa mcneil tried to rebut but judge shearer wouldn't have it i have been practicing in this county for 20 you know what? Years. I don't hear it. the judge asked prosecutor mike satz are you gonna have anything ready for today no prosecutors say they'll need about a week to prepare for rebuttal the case will resume on the 27th Grinnell scott fox news she was mad i saw the whole video mm-hmm. she was mad at that defense attorney um for um for unexpectedly closing their case when they weren't expecting so 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 explain the way that sets up if they've got a witness list is it just you build a schedule around how long that should take yeah 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 essentially and there wasn't you know there 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 was no notice given to the court or to the prosecution that they were getting close to wrapping up the case that's something that you you typically talk about and because of that the state is preparing for 40 more witnesses Mm mm-hmm in in this case and they're not ready to begin the rebuttal phase which is the next phase of the trial there and that's why they were they were so angry um with with all that um well i mean i assume i guess it depends on your your position whether this is good news or or bad news but uh caleb the housing market is quickly changing um again and shifting more in the direction of buyers right now and it's moving pretty quickly for the first time in 17 months the average home is selling for less than its list price daryl fairweather the chief economist for the real estate company redfin says this is the the sharpest turn in the housing market since the housing market crash in 2008. while home prices are still higher than a year ago inflation and high interest rates are slowing down the market mortgages are up about 40 percent in New Orleans, the president of the Metropolitan Association of Realtors, David Favre, says there are more homes on the market in his area than in the last two years. In New Orleans, yeah. Rebecca Castor, Fox News. Now, it'd be interesting to see locally how that's played itself out, if it's uh-huh. impact, if it's had the same kind of impact locally in terms of um, what's available, how quickly houses are coming off the market. Because, yeah, you... I mean, it's, I, I guess it's good news for buyers to the extent that perhaps the asking price is going to go down. And you're going to be able to get a deal for lower. On the other hand, you're going to be paying a different mortgage rate than you would have been a year yeah, ago. Exactly. That out of your pocket, it's uh, it's you're still going to have a price raise on the other side of this thing. So, uh, yeah, still not an easy game, but that's a pretty dramatic change when they're referencing what happened in 2008, 2009. 
<laughs> that year when I was a, I've said it, I've said it many times. I, I lucked out because I was a buyer in that year. I was also a seller, but I was selling a, a, a house that wasn't, that was a little easier to move at the time, but I was a buyer and it's still insane to me that I think about it now that the house that we bought was on the market for six plus months. Mm-hmm. Price had been reduced several times and we negotiated it even below what the asking price was at that time. It's the polar opposite of what we've seen in the housing market for most yeah. of the last several years. In if Lincoln. you would have put your house up in April, it would have been gone in two days. Just going to let you know that. Yeah. And I pr- and and yeah. And I'm putting two days on the high end. I think there there would have been you would have had offers as soon as that that listing hit and i don't think i i i i think i probably could have made back not far from 150 percent of what i yeah oh easily probably maybe more than that it's yeah it's it's just crazy uh what what that's going on so i empathize with people who are trying to find a place to uh a place for a home right now and the difficulty of that uh another year renting Hey, how about a little, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to need this advice again sometime in the coming years or not, but for, for some of our listeners who have got either uh, babies in the home or maybe grandbabies, we now have research. We now have a roadmap to stop a cry on how to stop a crying baby, how to comfort a crying baby and get that baby to sleep. I could have used this several years ago. How to calm a crying baby back to sleep. Science to the rescue. Researchers at the Riken Center for Brain Science in Japan suggest walking then sitting. Hold a crying baby and walk around with him for five minutes and then sit and hold the baby for five to eight minutes before putting them down. Simple, right? In the peer-reviewed journal Current Biology, the team reported crying babies calmed down and heart rate slowed within 30 seconds of the mother walking and carrying. They all stopped crying with half of them falling asleep. But when moms tried to put the baby back down after walking but not sitting with them, a third of the babies became alert within 20 seconds. Their heart rates went up and the crying kept on. Walking and then sitting. Or if you were my wife and I, when we had babies, uh, just say, forget it and bring them into your bed. (laughs) And I am happy to report that it took some years, but we no longer have any children in our bed. But good. That only ended, you know, three, four years ago. But I knew they would get out at some point. She, the the younger one. Millie has spent one, one night ever in the same room as us. All you and disciplined that, we, parents we were in, sick. And we were in a hotel. That's All why. you like wells, your good sleep hygiene parents with your babies, you make me so sick. All about them rut- routines. Yeah, Get well, them the routine. we weren't strong enough to do that. We wanted our sleep. <laughs> we were weak. We were very, we were very young and very tired. <laughs> Last but not least, this is interesting. Uh, with gambling getting going here in Lincoln a week from tomorrow, uh, a week from Saturday, right? Ooh. Which not actually sports betting, I don't believe, but it'll just be uh, slots and the like. But sports betting eventually coming here. Interesting to hear the numbers. You know, when you talk about it from a policy perspective, whether or not it should be allowed, there's always kind of the thought, well, you know, everybody's doing it anyway. At some point, the state should at least regulate it and make some money off of it. Well, we got a little bit more of an idea about that. Nearly one in five U.S. adults bet on sports over the past year, according to a survey from the Pew Research Center. The most common way of placing bets is with friends or family, like a private betting pool, fantasy league, or a casual bet. 
15% say they did that. Only 8% say they made sports bets in person at a casino, racetrack, or kiosk. 6% report having done so online. The American Gaming Association reports a record 46.6 million Americans say they plan to bet on the current NFL season, up 3% from last year. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. NFL is like the worst thing to bet on. Yeah. Betting. I just had to... Uh, yeah, if I were doing it, it'd be college, Co- not the NFL. NFL, football. every it's like every line, every line in the NFL is like three and a half. It's I don't know. I I, I love the NFL, but I yeah, that would NFL, be my last choice. I I feel like I don't know, wouldn't know where to go on that. In whole the thing. NFL, I feel like you're mostly going money line as opposed to points. Uh, yeah, who's maybe. gonna win? All right, we got to take a break. We're here from the Capital Humane Society coming up next on KLIN. I'll just Malcolm Byron. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, time to bring in Matt Metchar from the Capital Humane Society and hear a little bit about pets that are available. Always interesting uh, to hear about those dogs, cats, and other critters that are there. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, tell me about what you guys uh, what you guys have there this week. So first off, we have Sir Isaac, and he's an approximately seven to eight month old golden retriever lab mix, neutered male. He's yellow in color and he weighs about 46 pounds. So he'll get a little bigger, probably end up in that 60 to 65 uh, pound range, but came in as a lost dog and unfortunately nobody claimed him, but he's a big wiggly guy, full of energy, full of fun, probably do well in a home with kids, other dogs, as long as there's proper introductions, but a very smart dog, and if you got plenty of treats, he'll take to the training really quickly. Very good. What else? Then we got Paul. So Paul's an approximately two-year-old domestic short hair. He's a brown-black tabby, neutered male, and he weighs about 10 pounds. He also came in lost, and unfortunately, nobody came looking for him, but he uh, definitely likes to show off. He's a he's a big ham, and he likes to roll around on his back until you give him plenty of, uh, of attention. And then uh, also make sure you got plenty of toys that uh, make a lot of noise because he will chase them all over the place. All right, very good. How do people make adoptions? So Pylock Pet Adoption Center out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7 both days, and then Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 5. So you're welcome to come on out anytime that we're open and take a walk through, see who you want to meet. All right, thanks so much, Matt. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Have a good one. Matt Metcharl, Capital Humane Society, 7 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From 99.3 KLIN. All right, seven twelve. let's play. Here's how it works. You tell us what uh, generation you identify as. XY, Boomer. Or uh, I should say uh, Boomer, X, Millennial, or Z, going from top to bottom there. Uh, if you're a Boomer, you're going to pair with Mark. If you're an X, you're going to pair with me. If you're going to Millennial, you're going to pair with Caleb. And we've got Matt McMaster hanging on the line for the Zs. If we finally get a Z to play again, 
then you will pair with Matt and uh, answer questions about your generation. If you get five of them right, plus the extra point, which is a question from any other generation, you win. And the first winner is going to get tickets to see Nebraska and Oklahoma at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. So Charlie gets first shot at this. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. All right. What generation? Uh, boomer. All right, Boomer. Um, all right, Caleb, uh, trying to get, trying to improve on that two and five record. Here we go. First question: The Blues Breakers were the long-running backing band for which English guitarist? Blues. I have no idea. I have a guess. Uh, I have a guess. I bet I can get it. I have a guess. Uh, Eric Clapton. That was my guess. My guess, but what do you? Yeah, I'm, uh, that, yeah, I'd that would have been that. my guess. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I wouldn't have gotten it right. John Mayall, M A Y A L L. All right, whatever. <laughs> All right, two and six, two and six. All right, uh, I get a shot now. Chris Nolatha is going to give it a try. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jack. All right, let's do this. Let's see if we can get Gen X to 500. Mark, what are my questions? In this, questions? in this film, a young boy discovers a mysterious book in which a hero must defeat the nothing to protect the world of Fantasia. Never-ending story. The never-ending story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Airing from 1982 to 88, what cop drama stars Sharon Glass and Tyne Daly as two New York City police detectives. Oh, is that uh, Cagney and Lacey? Yeah. Cagney and Lacey. Yep. All right. Boom. Uh, number three, this large charity event in which six and a half million Americans participated was held across the U.S. in May 1986 and raised donations to help impoverished Americans through local charities. Uh, throughout 86. Was that, was, that, was that Hands Across America? There you go. Was that, it, that, okay. Were they all held hands? In the, I think yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it, hands yep. across America. Yep. Good job, uh, Jack. Thank you. What singer formed the group Cult Jam? Uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa. Yes. Yep. And Whit. Huh. These are such gimme questions. Oh, the last three were like impossible, and we got them. Stop. <laughs> yeah. You don't think anyone else would have got Lisa, Lisa? Uh, or hands across America. Which That's boxer, genius level. Which boxer had his own punch out game for Nintendo? <laughs> Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yep. All right. What do you What do you want to? Uh, I'll let you decide, Chris. What generation you want to go for the extra point with? Well, of course, we got to go with these baby millennial questions. <laughs> yeah, they're baby. They're baby questions. The one that has them, you got yep. them. I'm yeah, nothing like the baby me. question you just got. <laughs> yeah, that last one was easy. All right, All right. millennial Mark. Um. What Chicago Cubs player was suspended eight games for using a corked bat? Oh, Sammy Sosa. Oh, Sammy Exploded. Sosa. Yep. Yes! Woo! Second, Eddie! X's are up 500 again! Give me questions. And you get the football tickets, Chris. I didn't remember no. Hands Across America. I was, I was starting to think of, like, Farm, what was that? Yeah, Farm Aid or like the. Uh, aid, yeah. There weren't six and a half million. There weren't six and a half million at either of those. So. All right. Hey, uh, you, you get the football tickets, Chris. Congratulations. 
All right, thank you. Hang tight. All right, Chris gets vote. We can keep playing, though, if you still would like to play Generation Collaboration for Pride and a gift certificate to Greenfields, you may do that. We still have gift certificates to Greenfields, uh, but the uh, extras are now two and two. Boomers are two and six, uh, and it looks like we've got a contestant who wants to try it anyway for the Greenfields gift certificate. Good morning, Callie, and who's this? That, Paul. That, Paul. Oh, you're trying to rescue Mark? We're still playing for football tickets, by the way. Chris didn't take what? him? He's going Greenfields. He can't be there Saturday. Okay. All right. I wondered about that. All right. So we're still putting the tickets on the line. You all right with that, Paul? I will give it my best to Boomer the Boomer right. Sooners. Sh- shouldn't it be? Wouldn't you okay with that, that, Paul? Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Okay. You read the questions. <laughs> What territory became the 49th United States state in 1959? Alaska. That'd be Alaska, right? Alaska. This toy had kids of the 50s and 60s jumping up and down. Pogo stick. Wouldn't it be? It yeah, would. Yeah, pogo stick. Schott's Beer is a fictional brand that employs which two title characters? Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. His first big hit in the U.S. was Crocodile Rock. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was a millennial question. <laughs> Pretty sure I could have gotten all four jeez. of these somewhere. Uh, set in post-Civil War Texas, this film about a boy and a dog has a bittersweet ending. Oh, old Yeller. Okay. Old Yeller. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what, what do you want your extra point? What generation? Oh, millennial me, baby. All right. All right, here we go. What popular TV show created by Matt Stone and Trey Parker debuted in 1997? Uh, would that be South Park, baby? <laughs> that is South Park. <laughs> Paul, you, if you want them, you got the tickets. You want them? Yeah, all, I'll take them. They're all yours. All right. Paul wins tickets to Nebraska and Oklahoma, and the Boomers notch a win. They go to three and six. That Paul, we are uh, going to get him his tickets. All right, we still got we got time, and we got Greenfield's gift certificates to give away. And I want to get over five hundred before this thing is over. So let's see if we can't do that. Let's see who is next uh, waiting online to play. Good morning, KLIN. Who are we talking to? This is Steve. Steve, what generation do you identify as? Way into the boomer. All right, way into the boomer. All right. You and Mark will get a chance on that. I guess, Caleb is I guess Caleb, we'll give it another go. Caleb is uh Caleb is getting that Paul his football ticket, so we'll get ready here in just a second. He's got the boomer questions. And, All right, uh, yeah, here we three go. and six trying to trying to really narrow the gap, getting close to five hundred for the boomers. Herman's Hermits reached the top of the charts with which royalty influenced tune? Uh Henry the Eighth. Gotta be. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm Henry VIII, I am, is the full, but yeah, you got that one. Henry VIII, I am, Henry VIII. What American actor-turned-filmmaker rose to international fame for his roles in spaghetti westerns of the 1960s? Oh, man, I can't really pronounce his name. It's like Sergio... The... uh... Uh, Leon? Was it Leon? That's that's probably as good as I. Or, or Leon, <laughs> Leon or Leon or something like that. Yeah. So Sergio Leone. Yeah. Oh. It's an American actor. Clint Eastwood. Oh, I've not heard of him. I think I thought it was that Sergio guy. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. All right, back to the phones. Uh, good morning, Cal Who's this? 
Kelly. Kelly, uh, what generation are you? Uh, boomer. All right, the boomers are just all I, over. I knew it to today. bring a dozen cards. The boomers are dominating <laughs> this game now. Oscar on the Odd Couple is employed as a what? Oscar. Newspaper reporter. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll give it to you. It's sports writer. Fair it, enough. It's writer. Yeah. Uh, the first of these digital messages was sent in 1970. Email. Email is correct. 1970. There was an email. Yeah, it was all Jeez. government, though, at oh, that point. Huh. Still is. Often called the genius, this piano-playing legend had early success in the R&B circuit before finding crossover success on his Modern Sounds albums. Oh, I know. This is it one. Billy Joel? Okay, I'll go with Billy Joel. Is it Billy Joel? No, it's got to be Ray Charles, it isn't is it? It is Ray Charles. Let's go! Opens up a line. Sorry, Kelly. 402-479-1400. Uh, Boomer's now at three and eight. Am I doing that right? Has there been four of them today? Uh, four of them that gone one and three today. Three and eight. Four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred X's Y's Z's Y's and Z's. You want to play? I mean, it, I'm now uh, I've now got us up to two and two here for the X's. About to go over five hundred. Uh, and millennials are one and zero, which you can't stand on just a one and zero. He can't win the whole thing. There's got to be a minimum wins requirement to win the season. You're changing the rules now think. in the middle. Of the well, game. I think it's fair though. I think I mean going one and zero and then just sitting on your hands after that does not seem fair. Back to the phones. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Doing all right. Good. How are you? Good. What generation? X. X. All right. Here we go. Bring it to me. Um. It's the car that uh, that's remembered from Back to the Future. DeLorean. DeLorean. Yep. Number two, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Wham. Wham. In 1985, Live Aid concerts were held to provide relief to what famine-stricken country? Oh. Ethiopia, right? Is it, is, I wanted to, yeah, that's, that would be my guess. Your I think, final too. answer? You want to go with that? Chris, you want to say Ethiopia? Yeah, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yeah. Ah, nice job. Number four, Lindsey Wagner plays the lead in this $6 million man spinoff. Uh, is it? Is it the bionic? Ooh. Is it bion- bionic woman? Bionic woman, yeah. Yep. Yep, that's there it is. And uh, this epic 1984 rock and roll mockumentary spawned the phrase... This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Spinal Tap, yep. <laughs> These go to 11 was that phrase. All right. All right. Uh, what, which uh, generation do you want for the extra point? We got to get a different generation's question. I don't know. What are the newer? The millennials ones? are easy. Just do that. <laughs> They're so easy. They're are going questions. through these easy questions. Millennial. Oh, those are not easy. Those are not easy, Caleb. It's uh, what give was me a the guy? They're not easy. He's only reading three three words into the question. And your answer. That's about me, not the questions. No. What was the name of the international mission that launched the first resident crew? To the International Space Station. What? What was the name of the international mission? This is a millennial question now. What was the name of the international mission that launched the first resident crew to the International Space Station? I don't think I know that, Chris. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Oh. What was? The first one was Mir, right? It wasn't that the first Mir? Station? Yeah, maybe. Let's say that. Mir. Oh, let's go with these uh, these really easy millennial questions, guys. What, Sorry, what do you Chris, think? we lost. What, what do you think? Maybe, maybe these baby millennial what was questions. That? Expedition 1. Never heard of that. 
you have now. Seriously, that's I get a millennial question, and that's what it is. Just unreal. Come on, millennials, you cowards! Why don't you go call and and see if you and Caleb can really you know what, win? Since they're not calling. Can we just give Matt a chance to get Matt, on the board? Matt's going to hang on every week, and there's never going to be a Z that's going to call. I've tried to tell him that. Can we give him I a chance to just himself. get on the board by himself? All right, so you play with Matt. He doesn't get a prize, but bring him on. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Hi. You know what? I tried to have a, a Z call, and it's not working. He says uh, he keeps getting like beeped and hung up on. Wow, so Zs don't get technology. Sad. Wow. Anyway, learn how to use a phone. Me not, you, by the way, you can't just Snapchat us and get on the contest. Sorry, we're not You've doing the competition through TikTok. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, okay, all right. I got a feeling that I got a feeling these questions are going to be ridiculous. So yeah. let's just let's go. All right, go ahead. Right, see if Matt can let's get the Z's. Go, there you go. Which Kardashian filed for divorce just days after marrying NBA player Chris Humphreys? Uh, that's Chloe. Or no? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. That's no, 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 no. That's uh, uh, wait. I, uh, that's Kim or Courtney. That's Kim or Courtney. Which which um, you want to go with? Which one? You just named all of them. I'll go Courtney. Is it Courtney? No, it's Kim. Jeez, you lost. Oh, oh and one, Z. Oh, and one. Of Didn't me. even get one question right. Everybody knows that's Kim. Jeez, McMaster. No, I don't. Look, I I know I know more about Chris Humphreys than I do about the Kardashians. Does it matter? Not enough. You don't know who he married for a few days. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thanks for waking up, man. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to put him on hold. (laughs) Boomers are... I can't even calculate the boomers right now. We gave him a sweet 0-1-1. Boomers are what? Four and eight... Or three and eight now. Gen X is two and three. And millennials are too scared to play. All right. Hey, we got the most wins. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, we do. All right, 726. By the way, did you hear about the uh, big sale on canoes? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's an ore deal. 726, it's Ellen Kid. I had to say that out loud. It's Ellen Kid today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Yeah. All right, let's get a fight up with... Number five. State Senator Suzanne Geist announced her run for mayor yesterday afternoon. Uh, She was a guest on Drive Time Lincoln with Commander Jack after that. She said she'll lead an administration that brings all voices to the table from all walks of life and listen to all citizens, end quote. She also uh, mentioned uh, her work with public safety and and, uh, utilities, uh, made a uh, concerted effort to talk about police, fire, EMS, 
and smooth streets. All right. Well, uh, and and by the way, I guess we assume that she'll be challenging Leary and Gaylor Bear. There's not been an official announcement that I'm aware of uh, that she'll be running for election. I think a lot of people are assuming that. So, uh, and and I kind of expect that to happen, but we'll we'll see about that. But if that race does materialize, this will be the most um, I, I think the most significant. And, and difficult opponent that the Democrats have faced in this race for well over a decade. I, um, I would use the term, uh, this would be a very competitive race. Yeah, this this would be a competitive race. And, you know, last year it was, we looked it up, it was 54-46, last election, uh, when Cindy Lamb ran against um, uh, Leary and Gaylor Baird. Uh, so, you know, somewhat close, but maybe a comfortable margin of, of victory there. But... Um, I've been I've been critical of the Republicans locally the same way I've been critical of the Democrats statewide with an inability to get candidates uh, candidates that are electable um, solid candidates that are going to compete in Lincoln for for this office and I think they they've now done that this this time around with Suzanne Geis given her experience her legislative. Uh, experience uh, working with law enforcement, um, you know, just kind of her uh, where where she lines up on a lot of the issues, um, and then the fact that she's won elections, you know, won elections in at least her legislative district multiple times here with uh, with this, and and I guess you could say that about some of the other candidates, that part of it as well. But this one feels a little different to me. Now, she's already getting more of the critique for her is coming from the right than the left right now. Yeah, the far, I, I, I have to call it the far right. Or yeah, the, the right flank. No, the, the Nebraska Freedom Coalition is was uh, critical of her in particular because she did not cast a yes vote for constitutional carry, carry while she was in the legislature. The background on that is that uh, she said she wasn't going to vote for it unless there was an amendment that created a limited gun registry that was supported by law enforcement, particularly LPD and OPD. It did not make its way into the bill. She did not cast a vote. I believe she abstained from the vote on that issue, so she did not vote for it. That drew the ire of the Freedom Coalition. In addition, her uh, participation in the Victims Fund um, for Charles Herbster, which uh, several of the female state senators were a part of that in during the primary. So those were the critiques that were leveled against her. But I would also, you know, I would I would say this, you, you know, whether or not people agree or disagree with those critiques um i think she's got a i think she's got a much better chance of doing well in this race than than whatever candidate you know they're they're advocating for as an alternative i would strongly encourage everyone to if, if you're so inclined to listen to uh the drive time lincoln podcast yeah. uh commander jack did ask her about how she would work with uh, in this case a, a majority democrat council Mm-hmm. And and um, he was very straightforward with his question, and she had a pretty reasonable answer, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you've got. To, I mean, you've got to be realistic about uh, the same way. If you, it's just there's there's such a sort of comparison, a, a parallelism that runs through Democrats running for statewide offices and Republicans running in Lincoln right now, in that you've got a little bit of an uphill battle because of the political realities and how elections have gone, and so you've got to. You've got to play to that a little bit if you want to 
if you want to win these elections. And Lincoln has been, as a whole, you know, there's been exceptions within legislative districts. Um, but you look at city council races, you look at the mayor's race, you look at these other things, and it's been pretty consistently uh, blue for for a period of time here in Lincoln. The same way the state has been consistently red for for a long period of time. So you got to be aware of that when you're when you're running a campaign like this. And and quite frankly, she's challenging. Uh, I guess what you would be able to call as Chris Beitler was the highest ranking elected Democrat in the state. Yeah. Yep. Pretty so, much. You know, and, yeah. and so her experience in the state legislature may have her on a little different uh, footing in right. in that reality. Um. Yeah, and so she wins. She will. Uh, she will step out of the legislature, and somebody will be appointed. I'm not. I'm not pointing this out for any reason. But uh, I live in her district. So, exploratory thoughts. You're, you're, I don't even. I don't think you need an exploratory. No, that's the. You don't. That's the best way to get an elected office is to. Uh, to get nominated when somebody other someone else steps out yeah. of it. Now Maybe the problem you- is. I don't think, uh, I got a feeling that neither of the gubernatorial candidates are going to be a big fan of me. So kind of, I kind of tend to have that, that effect on people on either side of the political spectrum. So, uh, okay. But just in case, just in case. All right, moving on. What else we have going on? Number four. It's like a tentative railway agreement with labor uh, has been reached. It was announced about... 1.30 our time this morning, uh, 23-hour negotiation uh, marathon, if you will. And it looks like uh, the projected strike, which would have happened at 12.01 tomorrow morning, is not going to happen. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. No, I mean, just what we need to add into all of the dystopian stuff that's been happening over the last several years between the... the, the COVID and the economy and gas prices and everything else would be to add the you know supply chain issues would be to add this on top of everything that's happened. It would have been an absolute mess. And so I'm thankful that they were able to put their nose to the grindstone 20 hours. I think they ordered some pizza in late at night and that might have put them over the edge. And they did get a deal done. And so no longer on Friday are we looking right down the nose of a significant issue within the nation's supply chain on a whole bunch of industries, let's see which how we the, laid out yesterday. Let's see how the vote goes. The agreement's been reached. Now the rank and file are going to vote on it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They've it's, been, not, it's not officially. They've yet. been three years working on this agreement. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where they, because I know we talked about this yesterday, is one of the biggest grievances that... Um, the the conductors and engineers had was just the fact that they felt like they were never actually off their job, that they felt like they were always on call, and um, that that was you know not not acceptable to them. And so we'll see what kind of a change, what kind of changes that they made uh, to actually make this happen. So it was le- it was less about straight up salary, from what I understand and reading about it. Uh, and more about those sorts of issues. But, but even salary, how much you uh, the recommendations from the president's uh, emergency board was for, I believe, a 24% increase in, in salary. And they were still talking about working conditions. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number three. Lincoln Skate Park Association having an open house Sunday, 2 to 3.30 at, uh, on Calvert. I think it's 1601 Calvert. Uh, they'd like to see about a 35,000-square-foot skate park 
Uh, it's going the event's going to be at Lincoln Bedokin Dojo, six hundred one uh, Calvert. Open house feature a presentation on modern skate park design, information about its signature drive, and a showing of the classic short film Skater Dater. Nice. Hey, the, we got what? There's one in Tierra. There's one at I believe Peter Pan Park. Um, those are the two that I know of that that are in there. Uh, that are in the city right now. But, you know, isn't it interesting, Mark? You've got a couple of communities, recreational communities, that have really spoken out about the desire to have more of more access through through city parks and city uh, fields and those sorts of things and facilities. Uh, and the two biggest ones, I think, are the, the skateboarding crowd and the pickleball crowd. Yeah. Th- those are the two that are saying we don't, we don't have enough. Like, I'm thinking... That's been a long... Like, I used to go hang out. We lived by Roberts Park when I grew up, okay? We, yep. we were there all the time. And um, and I don't... I don't drive... I drive very close there, but not necessarily close. Like, they've got those old tennis courts there. Do people use those? Like, I, I don't... That's a completely... I know you guys don't necessarily know, but... Do people use tennis courts? Like, where, wherever they exist, city park tennis courts right now? Or is that game just so out of... Is it... It's just a different world than they... Like, my dad would go there and play tennis with with friends and family members all the time but it just feels like a different era of recreational tennis and you've kind of moved on to to some of these other things but i think it's smart to i mean if if these places are going to be used and there is a demand and they can be used significantly um i would say yeah if you can you can do that look into look into more skate parks look into more pickleball courts tennis courts to a pickleball well yeah I, i i hear from people who like pickleball constantly that there, there's a shortage of places to do that, and there are people that want to do that. Our recreational tastes change over the years. But I don't want just more outdoor pickleball places. I want specific indoor, not just here's a shared space on a basketball court well, that yeah. you put a net up on. Like at the gym that I used to go to, that's what they did. Is that Well, we always got frustrated because I would go and... I would go shoot baskets with my son, and then all of a sudden, at like a certain time, 6 p.m., in comes the pickleball nets. Everybody out of here. Yeah. It's like when you're at the pool and the water aerobics people come in. Come on. <laughs> this would be another one to just add to a giant sports complex. I mean, you've talked with Jeff Mall about, uh, you know, the, yeah. the different types of ball fields, soccer right. fields, and, you know, if you're going to have a sports center, I mean, a 35,000 square foot skate park, that's a big Yeah, it is. Park. It is, but I think the thought on most of the ball fields are talking about is is something that's more of a private, maybe private public, uh, oh, co-op, cooperation, be a but, private public. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it could be, but that yeah, that need is still really there too in terms of those ball fields. But again, it's it's really changed. Yeah, we've got uh, uh, the, the detailed story on this skate park open houses at klin.com. Go to uh, check, click on news, and then go down to about uh, two days worth. We, we've had it the last couple of days. So, all right, let's go dual use with the pickleball and the skate park. Pickleball on skateboards. Let them do it at the same time. Put them in the bowl. That'd be good. That'd be good. Number two. Nebraska football seems to have reset another part of their season. Just a few days into the Mickey Joseph era, highlight video yesterday featured the sights from the first Joseph-led practices, noticeably missing. Black shirts. So, what do you guys think? Well, I don't. I am past the. I'm. I'm past the level that I used to be at, where I was sort of meticulous about how the way the tradition needed to be followed. It's been changed and rearranged so many times that I've sort of lost my bearings, even about what it, what I want it 
to be. And so with that in mind, that said, I think it makes, well, number one, sort of, it feels like it does take away a little bit of the the, the meaning of them after what happened on the field last week. Um, and so if you've already crossed that threshold of, of taking him away and bringing him back like the program has over the years in different ways, this would be the time to do it. And especially when you say, like Mickey Joseph said, it's time to start clean with uh, with everything. Yeah, start from and scratch. It, I mean, you're looking for competition. You're looking for guys to, to step up at this point. Uh, it makes a lot of sense here at this point. So yeah. I don't have any... I don't have any issue no, with, I, with that. I, I I can understand. What I saw that, and then you noticeably see the the red and the white and the the green jerseys on the quarterbacks, and you go, "Oh, there's no black no black shirts out there." Okay, right. it makes sense. Like yeah. there's there's not there's nothing wrong with it when you when you heard the comments from Mickey Joseph about a fresh start. Yeah. You brush everything off and you you start anew. Yep. Yeah. No, I I get it. I've got no problem uh, problem with it. Hopefully. Also, they gave up a bajillion yards Saturday, so. Yeah. Regardless of head coach, that was probably the move. Yeah, it's a little scary. The rest of the season is a little scary after what we saw defensive-wise, really, throughout the course of the season. Number one. Voting underway on which toys should get into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Among the finalists, Bingo, Light Bright, some Nerf toys, and Pound Puppies, as well as Spirograph, and a good old-fashioned top. Voting open through September 21st. That's first round of voting. Uh, the toys that survive will have a chance of being inducted uh, this year. Last year's honorees, American Girl Dolls, Risk, and Sand. <laughs> sand? Sand. Wait, Sand. Uh, I'm, uh, number one, Nerf. Nerf got, has to get in. That played a vital role in my childhood, and it evolved over the years. But uh, you guys remember... The old, like the, they were always orange. the The original Nerf footballs, the orange oh, yeah. ones, and the, like the, the sort of the shiny coating on it would wear off pretty quickly when you would play right. with it, and eventually, like a somehow, like an end of it would bust off. It looks like somebody took a bite out of it. We all, I feel like we all had that football in our garage, and we still played with it, even though it was barely resembled a football after <laughs> yeah. after the whole thing was over. And Light Bright, Light Bright was exciting to me when I was a kid. I had a friend who had a Light Bright, and I was very excited about it. The problem was, you put those papers on it, which told you what color to put in what hole, and you go to your friend's house, and they had already done all the all the papers that went with it, and so you had to try and guess which colors went into what hole, and that was always... That was always the I, I remember the spirograph. The spirograph was a big deal too. Yeah, make lots of like those cool designs. Yeah. I drew that. All right, seven fifty six. It's LNK today with Jack and friends. That's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
812 Alan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. All right, time for a keyword for Fantasy Oscars. Text into the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. You may be selected for a pick for Fantasy Oscars. Make your pick and win potentially 50 bucks to Valentino's and 50 bucks to Alumni Hall. Your 810 keyword is I before E except after C like in receiver. R E C E I V E E R receiver. Uh, do you put too many E's in there? Did I? You said receive V. Spell receiver correctly. You know what I mean. R E C E I V E R. All right. Text it into the. And it's got to be spelled right because our computers are the ones that weed them out, not us. So, uh, yeah, do that. Text it in at 402-479-1400, and you might get that pick. And we'll tell you about those a little bit later in the show. Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, uh, Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, Dave Albers, Albers Company, and they join us right now for Grow Lincoln. Robin, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, guys. How good. are you? And Dave, good morning. Good How are morning, you doing? gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Let's delve right in to the news. Dave, for you first, a yeah. question from George on Twitter. Any idea what's going in next to the North Lincoln Planet Fitness on 3000 North Hill Road? Well, a daycare is going in uh, at that location. Uh, Hampton is doing the construction on it, but just something that's kind of interesting. The uh, owner of the new daycare, Vanessa Collins, uh, was an Inspiring Women Awards nominee this week at the Pinnacle Bank Arena for her work in expanding three more daycares during a pandemic and her volunteer contributions. And by the way, Robin Eshelman and Jack's wife, Megan, were on the committee. They were. They got to, you, they were out you, inspiring you to go women. To meetings with her and stuff. Yeah, yes. Me, Megan yeah. and I went to some meetings, okay. and then they give you a packet of um, nominees that mm-hmm. are sent in by the public. It was hundreds of women, mm-hmm. and we had to read through all those and you know pick some finalists. And mm-hmm. Very so, cool. Yeah, uh, and, the the arena was full. The, yeah. every table was. And full. Uh, Angie Muehlheisen from uh, UBT got the big you know the big award this year. Well deserving. So her daughter. Had a baby. I know. My wife and told she, me she was on the way to receive her Inspiring Women's Award on oh, the wow. way to Pinnacle Bank, and the daughter called and said the baby's coming. Angie Mulheisen, this Union Bank, yeah. turned turned around and went to the hospital. Two minutes later, the baby was born. Right. She got back just in time to receive her award and tell the story. <laughs> my, my wife told me about the drama. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't think. She slept last night. I've <laughs> had yeah. to have been a crazy day for her. Yeah, well, cool deal. Cool deal there. Uh, and cool to have you guys working together on that. So there you go. A daycare is the answer to the question. All right, staying in North Lincoln. Robin, 505 North 27th. What do we have going on there? Yeah, this is an example of um, retailers who are drinking beyond the pandemic. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is Cute Ickle Nails Spa. Um, so that'd be five blocks north of 27th and O. Wait, pl- their name is Cute Ickle? Cute Ickle. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, yep, that's yep. pretty good. Cute Ickle. Um, class one liquor license. All right. So you have a so beverage while you get your nails done. So have a glass of wine while you, with your smart. friend. It's smart. It's kind of a thing you go and do with friends, perhaps. It and, makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we talked about this on our show. I'm uh, all that, for it. <laughs> yeah, that that these these places that that's one of it's the places that you kind of think, hey, have a glass of wine while you're doing getting your right. pedicure. Yeah. Get the yeah. boys together before the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the equivalent of that for men? Uh, what is it? Get places? your haircut like a a beard trim you, while you're drinking. Guys, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What's the equivalent for men? Guys get pedicures. I'm going to cuticle I, tomorrow. No, uh, okay. No, I mean yes, I know they do. Will I ever? It's I do the, not. I do not want to put anyone working in that industry through that. <laughs> this is what, okay, this is what Mr. Absolutely not. That's uh, that is out of respect for the people who work. That's in that your industry. public service. Yes, right that's exactly. You're welcome. I'm not going to use your services, and that's for you. Okay, that's what Mr. Ashelman says the same thing. But you know, some guys go for the foot massage, and the, oh, you know, get... uh, listen, that's. That's a level of intimacy right below the biggest level of intimacy that I just do not think I'm comfortable with. literally cringing. Gotta get your hands taken care of. But if they offered you... The hands, maybe, but... But if they offered you an IPA during the experience... Maybe. Maybe a couple couple of them before you go I was going to say, if they're dealing with my feet, we all need to have IPAs (laughs) before it. All right. Let's go, uh, Dave. Haymarket. uh, And it looks like another one of these deals with a liquor license. Wax Buffalo in the Haymarket under the viaduct. And they're applying for... Wax Buffalo? And I don't even know what they do, to be honest. Candles. Candles. Oh, candles, yeah. Okay. No, you were thinking of like the cuticle and you were thinking of taking care of your body i thought it was a waxing place as in body hair ah, uh, okay they are also could, looking for a liquor license a, again yeah. another time they where, might need it too yes i don't want to say anything else about that one all right <laughs> let's move on trade center robin what's happening in the trade okay, center a little bit of retail news here um next to the organization milkworks a good fit um, let me make sure I say this right. L-E-I Nod Books. L-E-I Nod Books. Starts with an E. E-L-L-E. For children, um, parents can have coffee and there is event space for baby showers. Okay. It's kind of becoming a baby district over there. Yeah. On, yeah, on 56 a, and Highway 2 play, in the Trade Center. for moms. We got, we got the Milkworks. We got the bookstore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we don't see a whole lot of bookstores opening in this no. <laughs> day and age. No, no I'm glad Robin, to see it. I don't know that I can The last think of one, one would be the one downtown on South 13th Street, um, just south of Walgreens. There, um, oh, I shouldn't know the name. Somebody'll text you. Oh, Jack. there's there's one. Okay. Yeah, there. there's a there's a bookstore that there's opened a couple of them downtown. maybe 5 or 10 years ago. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there goes. There's a text. There's probably somebody. Uh, that's just a reminder to take out my recycling. Oh, All right, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Dave, Twenty uh, Seventh and Highway Two. Let's go south, Bishop Heights. I don't what know how got? it can be more important than your recycling. <laughs> Listen, I forget it for like three weeks at a time, and everybody's like, Jack, you got to take out that that recycling. Uh, 27th and Highway 2, where Shopco used to be located. Uh, we saw our first glimpse of a projected building. Uh, we've got a picture on uh, our Grow Lincoln Facebook page. It's Wait, did actually, they tear it down? Did they tear that building well, down? Uh, we're just talking about that they're not operating there anymore. Oh, okay. So, I was going to say. Uh it's a it's an office building that uh could be built closer to 27th Street. Uh but we also want to bring up the fact that we saw or uh a building permit that came in for the Arby's on that corner 
for $250,000 for both an interior and exterior. So there. they're, they're going to stay there. That thing's been there a long time. That, yeah. that Arby's is... I don't think I've ever been inside that it place. Was, uh, I've driven by it me? a bazillion times. I don't think I've ever oh, been, been in that Arby's. Of times. Yeah. It was a happy chef or a burger chef or something. Was like, it? Back All right, when that's it first before opened. me. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a little hopping shopping center there. There was a, the a grocery City. store. You had the shop go. You had Val's in its buffet heyday was over there. IGA Grocery. Yeah. Jack Absolutely. Shack. Jack, Jack Shack. Mm-hmm. There was a Husker-themed uh, restaurant there for a while, too. I can't think of the name of it, oh, yeah. but maybe you guys remember that. That oh, was yeah. they had a ton of memorabilia. Yeah, it was a cool place. All their things on their menu were named after coaches and stuff and bowl games, as as I recall. I can't think of what the name of it was. But now that parking lot is more famous for housing during bad winters, the largest mountain of snow in the city of Lincoln. That's right. And if we start having people there again, where are we gonna put the I snow? I don't know. We're gonna have to burn it. Somehow <laughs> we're gonna have to burn the snow. All right, there <laughs> you go. The snow. All right. Uh, Robin, let's uh, go back to you. Uh, and we've got apparently a uh, a Facebook fan, Seth, who was, uh, had his eyes out, apparently a little bit more on a new restaurant here. What Seth do we got? took a picture of a new restaurant at 831 North 48th. So this oh, would be... My zone of lunch. Slightly north of Vine, north of the new De Leon's um, Chef Shawarma restaurant. They have gyros, falafel, chicken tikka and even burgers nice. for those who would rather have a burger nice yeah okay so your zone of lunch yes yeah uh, next to that two-story uh daily owns with like the the uh, like uh it's have you ever driven by that with thing the, it's got, yeah. i don't know if it's floor. got offices or if it's got an apartment you can rent so out or is, watchtower is that an airbnb I don't, I don't know what that is <laughs> that'd be wait that's a good idea <laughs> Airbnb that comes with a stock of burritos. <laughs> not telling you how to do your business, Taylor. Owen. You've yeah. obviously done a wildly good job. But doesn't doesn't think about so, it. Doesn't sound good for the plumbing. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, all right. Anything else? That's our list, isn't it? That's, that is that's our it. list. Okay. Wow, that is it. But, all right. And unfortunately, we no grow Lincoln this week. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, Nebraska has to play Oklahoma on Saturday. Right. So no, but you, you can check out the podcast from this past weekend. Um, we had kind of a fun segment. Lincoln Electric System broke down the cost of electric fuel versus conventional gasoline vehicles, and that was interesting. Boy, let me yeah, tell you. Was, Wait, do I save enough to get one of those Rivian pickups for a hundred thousand dollars? Yes. Dep- depends how many miles. <laughs> if I drive <laughs> it for four hundred years, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, very good. Rob and Dave, the Girl Lincoln team, follow them on social media. Girl Lincoln on Twitter and Facebook. If you see something in your neighborhood, you're wondering what it's going to be, why don't you send them a message? They'll get it to you, and we'll feature it on the show. All right, thank you, Rob and Dave. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Thanks, guys. 822 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Instagram. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Well, I thought about just canceling Greg's appearance this week because there's just not much to, not much going on, not much to talk about. But since uh, I know he gets bored if we don't do it, so I called him anyway today, and and we are still going to do it. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing, Jack? You're you're too young, but there used to be a TV show called The Twilight Zone, and I feel like I'm kind of caught in a you know a time <laughs> loop over and over again. So yeah, yeah, I I I can imagine, I can imagine. Um, I guess I'm I'm just curious. Your, I I just kind of real open ended question here, but but your thoughts on everything that's happened over the last several days from from your perspective. Curious what you uh, what your take on everything is. Well, it was interesting. You know, I always could do a sit down with the head coach after after a game is over, and I, I could just sense. In his body language, his tone, I think he knew that he had coached his last game. That was Saturday night. We taped the television show on Sunday mornings, and I, I show up and get prepared to do that. And the time for him to arrive to tape it, he's not there. And kind of go, okay. And then 20 minutes goes by, and you're like, all right, something's really happening here. And, uh. and then about 30 minutes later, we get the word that, that he had been dismissed. And I, so I think all of that kind of made sense. And, you know, it, my, my, my reaction, even leaving the stadium Saturday night, I was just sad because I'm like, I felt like it was over. And the, this was supposed to work, right? This mm-hmm. was supposed to be the guy that brought us back. Very rarely do you, do you make a big hire like that, and pretty much everybody's on board. And that was the case with Scott. And it just didn't work. And it, it is time for a change. To, and I think Trev's done a good job here with getting a guy who's a great motivator and Becky in to try to see if we can turn this season around because there's so much of it left that that's what's going to be. I think really frustrating for fans is we're going to hear so much chatter about who the next guy is for the next three months. Yeah. We were just talking about that off the air. We've done this for a few weeks, but for multiple months is is uh, oddly one of the things that this program hasn't been through in the past, and and that's right. what will happen. I know I know you probably don't have a great feel for it now because it's still really early in the process, but I will be interested in in kind of hearing from you just what the feel around the program is, how it's changed. You know, when a coach comes in to talk to you, um, you know, when you've got the the interactions with the the players and just being around the program, how different different it'll feel and what that what that will kind of mean for the future. Any, any sense of that right now, just kind of the aura of the program right now in the last few days? I don't really know because they really have kind of buttoned it down. I really haven't been around the players much mm-hmm. all week, to be honest with you. And, you know, we usually do a segment on Mondays on Sports Night and Mondays with Matt, and that, that got canceled because Coach Joseph, and rightfully so, he wants to be the only voice this week. And, and that makes sense to me. And so they've really kind of battened the hatches down. So I just have not really been interacted at all with the staff or the players. Mm. So I don't know. My my gut tells me he's going to have them really with their hair on fire Saturday. I think Mickey will really get them fired up to play. Now, what does that do on the field? I don't know. Sometimes that can lay, you can lay an egg doing that, or sometimes you come out and you play the game of your life. So I just don't know, and I just haven't been able to be around him. My guess is for a lot of the staff, it was kind of the same things that a lot of the fans felt, some sadness that it didn't work because all those kids have been recruited by Scott Frost. All those coaches have been hired by Scott Frost. So, you know, when, when, when your boss or the guy you came to play for is gone, you, you kind of wonder a little bit about that. But I think that's why Mickey's the perfect guy because he's such an upbeat personality and a fire to him that I think will really you know, g- grab a hold of this team 
moving forward. I just did an Oklahoma radio show a little bit ago, and they were like, well, what changes do you think will happen? I go, well, I don't know what you can do in four days. Mm-hmm. I said, they do have a bye week coming up, but I do think Mickey can maybe implement some new things next week in the bye week. But I think it's pretty much, for the most part, business as usual, maybe a few tweaks here and there this week. But if there's any major changes, I think we're still a week away from that happening. So you don't, uh, like, they put a depth chart out, I know, and I never know whether to believe those, but it looked essentially exactly, it may have been exactly the same from before. You don't, you don't, it sounds like you don't expect any significant kind of player personnel type changes during the game, and who's seeing significantly different playing time? Is that fair to say? Uh, I, yeah, I really don't. I just think, you know, the coaches and the staff is all still together, just minus no head coach was there. I think that they've identified during fall camp who were their best players, and they've got them out mm-hmm. there now. Now, will we see the defense play more man coverage? Maybe. I mean, something like that could be a a subtle change to what we were doing. Do they change the run-pass ratio on offense? I I don't know. I mean, Coach Frost is a big proponent of running a football, so do you change that a little bit? Maybe. But I don't know that that will be real obvious to 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 our eyes on Saturday. But I do think with a week off and some extra prep time for Indiana on October the 1st, they could make a couple of structural changes to the team. Sure. Um, you have Mickey Joseph on, on your show right here on, on KLN across the Husker Sports Network tonight. And because of what you said, the fact that they have kind of battened down the hatches and you had the press conference, that's going to be a very widely listened to interview. What are you, what are you kind of interested in hearing from him now that you, uh, now that he's in this position of interim head coach? A lot of the things you just asked me, what's the week been like? How has the team reacted to this? Um, where can you make a tweak here or a tweak there to make this thing go? I was digging into the stats last night, Jack, as I worked on game prep for Saturday, and this is this is going back to the twilight zone. Nebraska, through three games, is averaging 492 yards of offense per game. That's pretty good. <laughs> the defense is giving up 492 yards of offense per game. They're exactly the same wow. through three games, and that's really rotten. I mean, that's just way too high, so... Uh, you know, they've got to assess all that. I think, you know, Saturday night, and it's gotten lost because we just really haven't talked much about the game, was it was a pretty good night for the offense. Yeah. Score 42, you should win the game. And a 98-yard drive in the fourth quarter to go grab the lead, that was really impressive to do that. Uh, but it was all washed away because of the inability of the defense to get any stops on that Georgia Southern team. Right. We're, we're kind of in a place now, you know, of all the struggles of the last several years, you know, it's kind of been somewhat evenly divided. I think that's fair to say between offense and defense or game to game, it could be one and it could be the other. I think we saw that last year and, and then you had all the special teams stuff mixed in. This is sort of a, <laughs> is a depressing thing to say, but it's a different variety of struggling where it is really clearly the defense defense right now where the problems are the offense isn't perfect but the offense is certainly serviceable to have a successful season i mean i i don't have any even with the the issues of, uh, across the line i think the offense is is as uh as as capable of that as it's been for quite some time but man it is it's on the defense right now like what uh, i'm curious what did you see because a lot of the per you know Coaches are are mostly the same. You lost some. You lost JoJo Doman. Yeah, absolutely. You lost some of the big nose tackles, but you still have got a lot of, a lot of guys on that defense who have experience, who have performed before. What are you seeing with this defense right now? Yeah, one of the interesting things, one of the last things Scott Frost said to me, this was off air as we we're getting ready to tape his final post game show, is he said kind of the same thing. He goes, I didn't see the defense kind of collapsing the way it has this year, and. 
Yeah, yeah, we lost. Uh, you know, and you mentioned JoJo. Maybe the bigger factor were the two safeties, the two six-year safeties that Nebraska had last year, Deontay Williams and Mark yes. Eldis Nuke. Yeah. They played so much football that maybe they masked some things that, and I think the safeties is an area that that has not been very good this year. And, and that was one tweak that Mickey Joseph announced that he said we're going to. He was going to put Eric Chenander back there to work with the safeties and let Coach Fisher just work with the corners and the nickels moving forward. So that is one thing that he has made a change here in the first uh, week on the job. But yeah, I just didn't see this this happening. There were enough guys back with the inside backers and all those edge rushers. And where's the pass rush? I mean, yeah. two sacks or two, three games against teams that have been throwing the ball almost every down against Nebraska. So it, it's puzzling to me. I don't, I'm not a coach, so I don't really know the answer of why it hasn't worked. Did Eric Chenander overnight become a bad football coach? I don't think so, but yeah. my goodness, it just it just was really it's really been bad the first three games. Yeah, it uh boy, it it, it has. And it's uh it's something you know, you, you would like to think that's the thing, you would like to think you look at okay, you've got a new start, maybe a different mindset, maybe there's not this cloud hanging over the program and you think, okay, they may be able to to rebound, but uh, and and who knows, you know, a, a really good season. Maybe you get five wins and and get yourself back in the bowl comp, uh, conversation. And as the season progresses, you have that success. But uh, that's just, I mean, unless there are significant improvements on defense, that's not going to be in the cards right now, Greg. Uh, you can't go to the waiver wire and find a couple of safeties or whatever. Yeah. You got to go. And, and there's some youth back there. Marquise Buford, I think, is going to be a really good player, but he's making his first significant playing time in that defensive secondary. Um, you know, but it just, you just need more. You need Nelson and Mathis and Tanner to get to the quarterback more and to get some negative plays. Heck, Nebraska won the turnover battle Saturday night, two <laughs> oh, uh, to Georgia Southern and still crazy. loses the game, gives up 45 points. So really baffling to see. And, um, again, I go back. It's just, it's sad that we're sitting here in mid September already have made a change as a football coach, and you in some ways feel like the season's over. It's not. It's far from it. With nine games, it's still a chance to, as you mentioned, get to post postseason, but there is a feeling of, man, we just want to fast forward to December and see what the new staff might look like. Yeah, yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's great. You mentioned the turnover market. Like, what did we come? What did we say coming into the season? At least I said it. I don't know if you did, but I said, boy, if they could just win the turnover battle and not have huge special teams miscues, That'll be enough for them to win a lot of these games. Turns out I was wrong because, I mean, that's basically what it was, and and uh, it it still wasn't there for for uh, this game last Saturday. Um, I, I'm curious. You got a lot of people, and I know you don't. You know, you don't have the answer. To this none of us do. But how do you think this is going to kind of impact this sort of Mickey Joseph as a potential candidate? He said at his press conference that when you get a job, when you take a job like interim coach, it's obviously something that you're interested in. I mean, this, Greg, I don't know if you look at it this way, but it seems like it's it's a little bit of a tryout, and I think there probably is a level, if there is success, which, like I said, was an, is going to be an uphill battle, but if there is some level of success, it's going to be impossible for Trev to completely ignore that, right? Absolutely. I mean, if if somehow, some way, Nebraska finds a way to win Saturday, I think Mickey Joseph jumps to near the top of the list. If he goes and beats a number six wow. team in the country and gets that, and then you got a week off to kind of maybe clear everybody's minds, and then you've got some winnable games coming up right after that that bye, yeah, I think Mickey would have a chance to do this. And I think yeah. the most famous interim guy to get the head coach would be Dabo Sweeney, and that's what happened at Clemson. He gets midseason added 
the interim title. In fact, Nebraska played him at the end of that first year in the Gator Bowl, Joe Gans, and beat That's him. Right. But Dabble had been named a couple weeks before that Gator Bowl as their permanent head coach. That sure worked out really well. It's happened some other places as well. But, you know, yeah, Mickey checks a lot of boxes, Jack. He's he's a really good recruiter. I think he would put together a very good staff. He's a great motivator. Um, I think all those things are important at the University of Nebraska. So if he does and can really get some magic going with this thing, I think he would be a candidate for that thing. So it's kind of in his hands now. Obviously, he needs to get this group all on the same page, but what a great opportunity for him. And, and it's got to be a sense of pride for him to be able to do this now at his alma mater. This is mm-hmm. his school. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting like heck for him, and, and I know we'd all love to see that that happened Saturday against Oklahoma. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a great issue to have uh, if if you you know you factor. You know, I think back to the uh, the year where Bo coached the what the Alamo Bowl, right? So right. Uh, that year, and but that was only obviously one game. But the players had formed kind of such a bond with him as their defensive coordinator and then their head coach. That I mean, I've talked to some of the people on that team, and and they were they were sold that he was the guy at that point. They went another direction. This is, I mean. I mean, if they have success, Greg, this is going to be that, but it's going to be over three months instead of three, you know, three, four weeks preparing for a bowl, um, which is going to make it all the more interesting, I think. Let's see. How did that work out after that yeah. Alamo Bowl? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to yeah. mention it, Greg. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. And, and this is a long runway for Trev Alberts to study what Mickey mm-hmm. does with this whole thing. So, I, you know, I. There is an opportunity there. Is it a long shot? Probably. But again, the dynamics could certainly change with a victory Saturday over a top 10 team. Uh, so that, that adds some intrigue. I, I think I think we're going to see a great atmosphere Saturday. I know Husker fans are going to be there full-throated and supporting the Huskers and supporting Mickey and pulling hard to beat a longtime rival who I don't like. I'm not sure where we got this whole thing. We like Oklahoma, but that's been awesome. Thank me, you. But, <laughs> uh, let's let's go let's go beat the Sooners and let's go get yeah. a nice big win. There's upsets every week, right? Let's go yep. be the upset team this week. God, be just oh god, that would in so many ways that would be great. But boy, it seems like an uphill battle. Tell me about uh, what you know about Oklahoma through your prep this year. I mean, I know they've got wins. I know they haven't. You know, they got a new coach in Brent Venables, and you, you know, there's there's sort of the the stereotype of the modern version of Oklahoma that is you know a ton of a ton of offense and then a defense. That It'll give up some points, kind of like the typical Big 12 model that we've seen for the last few years. How different is Oklahoma under Brent Venables? Yeah, he's a defensive guy. I mean, he's going to – there's going to be a ton of blitzing Saturday. And Nebraska's not seen a lot of blitzing from their first three opponents. They're going to Saturday. Brent will dial up a lot of blitzes, and that'll be a challenge for this offensive line. And we're uncertain on the status of Teddy Prohaska. He left the game in the early fourth quarter the other night. Not sure what his status is for Saturday so a lot of heats coming the offense's way. They're not just going to let Casey sit back there and pick him apart. They saw Casey do that to them a year ago when they played in the Red River rivalry in Dallas. He had a great first half against Oklahoma in that game, so expect a lot of blitzes. Oklahoma really is not sure what they are yet. I mean, they, they played two teams that they should pick apart, and they did. Mm-hmm. They struggled mightily against Kent State Saturday. It was a 3 nothing flashes lead with about three minutes to go in the first half. And then Oklahoma got it cranked up in the second half and, and won 33-3. to But they're, they're going to hang their hat on defense. Lincoln Riley was a great offensive mind, so he leaves, takes a lot of people with him. And so you've got a new offensive staff, a new quarterback, a former Central Florida quarterback, mm-hmm. ironically. Mm-hmm. So And he's 
he's put up decent numbers, but we don't really know what he has to offer. So as much uncertainty as Nebraska has, I think Oklahoma is not quite sure what they are two games into their season. Right. I mean, this game's got some intrigue to it. They're a top 10 team based on, you know, reputation, which which they've got and they have been, but it's not based on anything we've seen from them yet this year. And and, and listen, I'm fully aware of what Nebraska has done this year, but they're not a top 10 team, rightfully so. Um, and so it is, you don't know, do you have a bona fide? It could end up there a very bona fide top 10 team this year. It could end up that they're unranked, right? Uh, three weeks from right now, four weeks from right now, after they go through the Texas's and, and Kansas states of the world. So that'll be, that'll be part of the intrigue. I wanted to ask you one, one, one question. No, nobody's really ever going to talk about the, the nuts and bolts really of that game on Saturday. But one thing that was interesting to me is we saw Casey Thompson more as a runner, um, it, maybe more than we even thought we would this year. That became kind of a sort of integral part of the offensive game plan on Saturday. Do you think there's more of that or was that kind of an anomaly for this week? I don't I don't know. And again, I think the running part of the offense was really more of an influence of, of Scott than it was of Mark Whipple. So that may come out, but I think it adds that extra wrinkle that the defense has to prepare for. In case he's a better athlete than some people give him credit for, he's not his dad running the option or running the wishbone. He's not that, but he can run and he can go pick up first downs and you just throw that little added wrinkle in there. And if you've got a team that's going to be blitzing a lot, maybe a couple of quarterback draws would work pretty well uh, mm-hmm. in that phase on Saturday. So we'll see. Again, that could be one of those small tweaks that we notice without Scott Frost being on the sidelines is maybe some changes to the running philosophy for Nebraska moving forward. So that's one of the things I'll be interested in. But yeah, there was a noticeable difference Saturday against Georgia Southern and get Casey to run the ball a couple of times. Yeah, it, it really, and you know what I noticed about him, Greg, and I, I'm curious if you did too. I you know I know he's not necessarily a huge speedster, but I think he's like I said, serviceable as a runner. He's he's got tools. But the thing I noticed about him is that he really like he avoids foot tackle like the people on the ground or he, he really did well in traffic at the line of scrimmage i thought especially when people were going for his feet he just avoided tackles in a way that was impressive so if he can keep doing that i think that probably is something that you think about using a little bit but i know they don't want to get him injured too so just like we'll those see. jack mitchell lincoln east days those high steps you That's know right. high step and get away from those guys trying to grab your ankles yep exactly Dion sanders style uh all right hey greg we'll be uh we'll be listening hey, to don't... another name put him on your list put Dion on your list yeah now that's crazier than Urban. Oh my gosh! What time is uh, is uh, the new head coach on the show tonight? He he asked for co- hour number one okay. because he wants to go see a high school game tonight. So we've flipped him and John Cook tonight. So Mickey will be hour one. John Cook and the volleyball show will be hour number two. Good to know. Very and John Cook will be interesting too. Very good after coming off a loss. Thank you, Greg. We'll uh, we'll be listening to you this week and this weekend. Talk to you next week. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. There you go, Greg Sharp. Voice of the Regret. 855, wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. I'll just Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Fantasy Huskers picks. What do we got? Scott says 49. John S. 56. Uh, so we went up a guys. little bit. A little positivity here. We need it. We need it. 
Somebody go in with 17 at the end of this thing tomorrow. <laughs> Two more picks tomorrow Three. for, for uh, Fantasy Huskers, 635 and 18 list for the keywords. Brendan, Mike are going to be in here Friday, Husker Tailgate. That's going to be a fascinating one, guys. Oh, boy. Brendan and Mike, I'm sure, have a lot of insight into uh, everything that's going on, and you are not going to want to miss it from different perspectives, too. So you're not going to miss that. We'll start at 6. We'll go live on Facebook as well then. So hope you join us. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.